Good morning, good morning, Cathedral family. Are you ready for a breakthrough this morning? Are you ready for God to move in a powerful way? Let us all stand up. You know, in Psalm 95, there are three ways that we can uh, engage with the Lord. First of all, it says sing for joy. Are you ready to sing this morning? The, the second part is that we have to get loud. Can somebody make a joyful noise to the Lord? Come on, can somebody make a joyful noise to Jesus? And the third part is that if we do it with thanksgiving and music. Are you ready to praise the Lord this morning? Come on, let's get ready to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Come on, Cathedral, let's put our hands together like this. We are going to tell the Lord, God, we love you because he is saying, I love you every moment. Come on, Cathedral, let's declare this together. Te amo, I love you Con todo mi corazón With all my heart, oh Señor With all my soul, oh Señor I love you, Lord Te amo, te amo I love you, Lord I love you, Lord Te amo, te amo
Cathedral of Faith, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together with us like this. Satan fall like lightning I saw darkness run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power hey. Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven yeah. And my praise belongs to you forever We say, come on, yeah This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story And I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified Together, sons and daughters, yeah. bought with blood, so bought with blood and washed in water. Yeah. So sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony.
Hallelujah. God, we give you honor and glory and praise today. Thank you for the way that you're working in our lives. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. Well, Cathedral of Faith, it's so great to see everybody. God is good. And all the time. You know, thanks so much for being here, whether you're outside in the amphitheater with me right now, whether you're over in the parking lot. It's so good to have you here today. And then inside the building and all those who are watching online, we love our online campus. And so thanks so much for worshiping with us today. And let me give you kudos. You made it to church on Time Change Sunday. Can somebody say amen to that? Special grace for today. <laughs> wow. Well, we want to wrap up our worship time with a great celebration. You know, what could be more important than to celebrate? The Bible says, all heaven rejoices when one person, one, just one person, boy, comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so we're going to baptize today. We baptized in between services. We baptized in the first service. And now we're going to baptize one more person. And we're going to enter in to what heaven is doing right now. Yeah. Rocio. Rocio. Come on into the waters of baptism, Rocio. Let's give it up for Rocio. Yeah. You know, as we come to the waters of baptism, we reaffirm what we believe, what are our core beliefs here as the Cathedral of Faith, what are the core beliefs that the Christian church has had for 2,000 years. And so I invite you to say them with me wherever you're at, on campus or online. Say this with me. It's known as the Apostles' Creed. This is what we believe. Can we bring that up? Say it with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say amen to that? Hallelujah. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. That's what we believe today. Wow, Rosario. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Uh, you surrendered your life to him. I hope you'll always remember this moment. The Bible said that when Jesus went into the waters of baptism, he came out and he heard a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And in this moment, we, we identify with Jesus and we go into the waters. When we come up out of those waters, I hope you hear those words. This is my beloved daughter, Rosario, in whom I'm well pleased. Well, upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old, up with the new. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. 
rising up out of the ashes. We're on our way to beauty. That's the season we're in. Boy, and I'm on my way to beauty. I'm on my way. In fact, before you're seated, would you tell somebody, tell them, I'm on my way. We know where we're headed. We may be in ashes, but we're on our way to beauty. Amen. I'm on my way. Tell somebody and then you can be seated. Hello and happy Sunday. Congratulations, high five for you being with us on this Daylight Savings Weekend. I always get excited because finally the clock on my microwave is correct. <laughs> anyway, if you're joining us online, in the sanctuary, amphitheater, or our drive-in, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And if you're new here, welcome. We would love to get to know you better and tell you a little bit about us. Scan the QR code that's on the screen, send us a text, or grab a card from one of our frontline greeters. We are so thrilled to announce that our COF Kids classes are back. We sure have missed their sweet little faces. If you have a child that is birth to fifth grade, we are ready to welcome them back and share the love of Jesus with them. Well, the Easter season is here. And we have a lot of exciting things coming up and we do not want you to miss out. So be sure to follow us on social media or visit cathedraloffaith.org for the latest and greatest. And lastly, this Thursday, it is St. Patrick's Day. So don't forget to wear your green because I don't want you to get pinched. I hope you have an amazing week. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Well, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to Cathedral Family. It's so great to have you here, whether you're tuning in online or whether you're showing up here on campus. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking that step to believe for what God can do in your life. As we're in this series, Beauty to Ashes, God's about to make something beautiful in your life, amen? Well, I wanna talk to you a few moments about next steps. It's a great thing to step up and tune in, step up and walk in the building, step up and drive into the drive-in. But this morning, you received when you came in a little brochure that says, as an invitation to connect, grow, and serve. I wanna invite you to take the next step. It's great to have you here. It's great to see all your eyes and, and smiles, and we're looking forward to what God has. But the next step is to find a place to connect here on campus, to grow here on campus, to serve here on campus, or to connect and grow online. We have lots of different options. If you'll take a look at this, next week, Frank Vega begins his Bible class on 1 John. You would learn so much and connect with other people. Right now, and then every week after this, Becoming the One is a class for single adults or married couples to help you be more effective in relationships. Next week, Chosen Generation, not this week, but next week has St. Patrick's Day. Come out and wear your green. After this service, we invite you to go outside to the amphitheater, connect with Pastor Ken, get to know him, and introduce yourself to him. We also have on Sunday mornings at 11 a healing class. If you'd like to know more about healing and how to pray for healing, how to experience healing, I invite you to that. On the backside, you'll see there's a prophetic class on learning how to activate your gifts. That takes place every week. We have men's ministry that meets. We have women's ministry meets. Some of them are live, some are online. In fact, we have a lot of online options. If you go to Spotify, if you go to YouTube, if you go to our website, there are podcasts, there are 
songs and of worship. There are sermons. There are all kinds of options. On Wednesday nights, we have a midweek service that meets right here. It's a great time as Pastor Mike Garcia brings the word of the Lord. It's a great time to grow and connect. We also have starting next week at, uh, at uh, Think, Act, Be Like Jesus class. And you'll enjoy it. It's actually at nine. I just noticed I typed the wrong thing there. It's 9 a.m. Think, act, be like Jesus. Dolores will be teaching that. It's a great next step in your faith in Jesus to know more about what he's like and what he wants from you. On Friday nights, we have a Toastmasters. There are thousands of Toastmasters around the country helping people be better at public speaking. There are only three Christian ones, and we're one of those Christian ones. It's a great chance to develop those skills. As I said, men's and women ministry, there's young adults. You can call the church office to get information. We have campuses that are meeting right now in Gilroy, Milpitas, Morgan Hill. We have a Spanish campus here. We have a Spanish campus in Gilroy and in Milpitas. There are so many ways you can participate and we invite you to be part of what's taking place so you can take the next step in fact speaking of next steps I want to give a shout out right now since January 1st up until last Sunday we had 86 people who gave for the first time let's hear it for our first time givers all right that's an important step from being a receiver and a spectator to being a participant to say, I believe in moving forward. In fact, that's what maturity is. You know, when you're young, when you're immature, it's your toy, you don't want to share it, it's all about you. But maturity is learning how to give and serve. In fact, I read a survey this past week that the happiest people on earth are people who are givers. People who give her their time, their energy, their finances to bless others. So if you're not feeling very happy, start giving. And that's a great way to be part of that joy that God has for you. Well, last week we presented a challenge. We're believing in standing with many of the people who are fleeing Ukraine. We were believing God for $20,000. And this week, $41,576 came in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our missionary on the ground over there, Pastor Gaetano Satili, has shared a report today that they have a team at the border 24-7, all day, every day, in sub-zero temperatures, welcoming the immigrants that are coming over from Ukraine, helping them find a place to live. We've sent truckloads after truckloads of food over there. They're blessing and ministering. In fact, one of the reports came today that all these refugees that have come into the area, they all showed up at church this morning, and they had a huge packed house. They couldn't fit them all in. God's ministering and working. So thank you for being faithful to make that possible. Thanks for your generosity. You can give your tithes and offerings or to Ukraine uh, in a variety of ways. You can go to our app. You can go online. You can text the number on the screen. The ushers have envelopes and they would love to receive those gifts on the way out so that you can be happier. Amen? Experience the joy of the Lord. Well, God has a special word for us today and I'm gonna invite you to stand with this. This word about... Ashes to beauty. He wants to prepare our hearts as the worship team comes to lead us in preparing our hearts to say, God, I'm looking forward to what you want to do in my life. I surrender myself to you. Let's worship together.
Testify to the faithfulness of God. Put your hands together with us like this. Come on. Let's make the sound of a mighty army, a grateful people, an expected people. Come on and shout praise unto your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. Come on in faith. Let's declare this together. I've seen you move. Come on. I've seen you
still stands. Say, great is your faith. That's it. Lift your hands as we sing it together. Come on, say, I'm still. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my time of worship and praise at cathedral amen so good to be in the house of the lord amen amen i want to bring you up to speed with some things happening in cathedral de fe which is cathedral of faith in spanish we continue to have our services at two o'clock in the afternoon not only that but a couple of months ago we started cathedral de fe gilroy all right and um and this past week, we started Catedral de Fe Milpitas. Come on, get up for the Lord. Amen. Pastor Ken, thank you so much for that vision that you have to reach the Bay Area in all languages. Well, we like the heavenly language of Spanish, but, you know, yeah. Uh, but we, thank you so much for your vision. If you need, want some more information, we'll be out in kiosk number four after the service to grab some information. If you know somebody who speaks Spanish or prefers Spanish, they can go out, you can go out and get some information. I want to thank Pastor Wayne also for his guidance um, and his support. I call him Mr. Energy. Man, that guy continues to just work for the kingdom. Hey, let's give it up for Pastor Wayne, okay? Amen. Man, what a powerful, powerful series that Pastor Ken has brought us into. Man, if you haven't, if you weren't here last week, you got to watch last week's message. What a powerful message Pastor Ken shared with us. Kicking off the series, Ashes to Beauty. That's, that's such an amazing phrase, ashes to beauty. Um, it's like, um, it, you know, it speaks a lot about life says a lot about ourselves, says a lot about God and what he's able to do. And I think we all have an idea as to what beauty is, okay? Beauty is like when you finally get to that weight that you wanted to be all your life. 
Beauty is being able to fit into those clothes that you've had in your closet for so long, and you're finally there. Beauty is going into the hair salon, getting that great hairdo and haircut, and coming out with less gray than when you first walked in. Can I hear an amen? All right? Beauty. Beauty is, you know, I think we all have a pretty much good idea as to what beauty is. Beauty is being in, living in triumph, winning, being at the top, having success, elegance, victory, you know, the best for us. Being able to accomplish what you wanted to accomplish, being at the level of perfection, you know, when your game is just right, when, when you're at the maximum of your potential, that's what we understand what beauty is. But before we go into beauty, we need to talk about ash, because ash is also important. Ash is like that proverbial pendulum swing that goes from one extreme to the other, from one extreme to the other. And a lot of times, we just want to talk about beauty, but we forget to talk about ash, I had to practice that a lot today, this week, you know, had to pronounce ash quite a bit. I didn't want to go elsewhere, okay? Those of you who are laughing know what I'm talking about, okay? Ashes to beauty, it's far more than just being a metaphorical, a symbolic phrase. It's a reality. Thank God for the promise in the book of Isaiah that God is the one who, in place of ashes, it gives us beauty, but it's a reality of life. It's a reality of life. You've probably heard the phrases, you know, he had it all together and now it seems like he lost everything. She was so beautiful, so elegant, and now you can't even recognize her. You know, he was successful and now he has nothing. That's the reality of it, of Ash. And sometimes we don't want to talk about it again because Ash talks about loss, defeat, maybe divorce. Death, having no purpose, a life of abuse, hurts and abandonment, neglect or failure, where there's no ambitions, it seems like there's nothing but addictions, where someone is not loved. And that's the reality of life. Sometimes we don't want to talk about it because no one wants to fret about where you're at or where you're supposed to be, or, or, or the, the state of ash. But you know, the beautiful thing about it is that even in the state of ash, God shows up. And when God shows up and gets fixed into the equation, everything changes. God loves to show up in those times of ash and be able to create, do, do what he actually does. Actually, the Bible says that God can create something out of nothing. In Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that, that this is how the universe was created. Simply by him saying the word, giving the command, he created everything that we see. That's the power of our almighty God. He can do something out of nothing. 
I mean, Abraham understood this. The Bible says that against all hope, Abraham believed because God operates when there is no hope. God not only operates where there's hope, he also operates where there's no life. The book of Timothy tells us that he gives life to all things. Can someone say amen to that? Not only that, Jesus said, for man things are impossible, but for God all things are possible. Hallelujah. That's why we talk about ash to beauties. Because it's important for us not only to see the beauty part of it, but also how God can take something and, and turn it into something beautiful. It, it takes us to the story of a woman in, in John chapter 4. It, it, it kind of gives us a, an idea as to the process of God taking a life from ash to beauty. We're going to read the scripture and go through it and, and, and kind of analyze it and see how God takes this woman from a state of ash to a state of beauty. Read it with me. It reads like this. So he left, he left Judea and he went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sikar, or Sikar, however you want to pronounce it. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noontime. It's important that John wrote all these details to, in a scripture that seems like it has no importance. But let's take a look at it. I highlighted that area that says that he had to go through Samaria. It's important to see that because in actuality, he did not have to go through Samaria geographically. You see, because Jews didn't like Samaritans. Jews didn't like to go through Samaria. As a matter of fact, that they had even created, they had made a road to go around Samaria to avoid having to go through Samaria. Jesus being a Jew, he knew about that road. So when the scripture says that he had to go through Samaria, Samaria, it wasn't a geographical need that he had to go through there. It was a God thing that he had to go there. Because God has to do certain things. And when God does, has to do certain things, he's got a blessing, he's got a purpose behind it. You see, he knew that woman would be at the well. He knew she would be there during noontime. Now keep in mind that when she went through uh, to, uh, to the well at noontime, it was a time that hardly anyone went there because uh, usually people went in the morning or in the early evening. She was trying to avoid people. She didn't want to confront anyone. She didn't want to talk to anyone. She wasn't expecting anyone to be at the well. But Jesus was there. I said Jesus was there. Oh, and when God shows up, things begin to happen. Yeah, come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Jesus had to go through Samaria because he had to talk to this woman. Because God will do the necessary to go where we are at. I said, God will do the necessary to go where we are at. See, she went to that well because she, that was her building a barrier. Her saying, don't talk to me, leave me alone. I know what my life is about. Just let me be. She didn't want to talk to anyone. She didn't want to see anyone. 
And she builds that barrier of, this is where I'm at. This is what some people do who live in ash. They build barriers to not let anyone in, hoping that no one will see them, will confront them, will say hi to them or other. I mean, there are people who show up late to church and leave early because they don't want anybody to say hi to them. They don't want anybody to look into their eyes and ask them, hey, what's up? How you doing? What's happening? You know, it's kind of like just trying to avoid God. But thank God that God will go to the deepest darkness to find us. God will go to the messiest situation to rescue us. God will go to the ugliest, muddiest condition to save us. God will go to the ash to bring us to beauty. Now I'll give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. It kind of reminds me when I, was, when I was a teenager. I know, that's a long time ago, okay? But I was a teenager. I wasn't serving the Lord, you know. And, and I remember going to this party. And there was a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, a lot of partying going on. You know, we think, we're thinking we're on top of the world, you know. And so uh, as, as we're all drinking and everything, and, and you know, I walk, across, I walk across the room to go get a beer. So um, as I'm walking across the room to get my beer, I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to get a cold one, I'm going to get a hard one, I'm going to get the biggest one that they have. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, all you uh, Christian guys. Anyway, I go up there and I ask the guy who's handling, handing out the beers, I tell him, hey, give me a good one, man. And he says, I'm sorry, I can't. I know the guy. We've been running around. We've gotten loaded together. Give me a beer, bro. I don't know why. I'm sorry, but I can't give you one. Why can't you give me one? He says, look, man, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I got to tell you this. You don't belong here. What? I, I, I know, man. It sounds weird. Okay, look, it's nothing that I've been talking or smoking or, or drinking. But I just got to tell you, you don't belong here. You should not be here. I mean, God showed up in that guy to tell me I should not be at that party. Three weeks later, I gave my life to Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. God showed up. And I don't know where you're running. I don't know where you're hiding. I don't know where you've been staying. I don't know who you've been with or not been with. But you've built up a wall thinking that God is not going to go there. But God, he will go where he needs to go to find us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David said it. David said, man, God, you reached down deep where I was at in the miry pit and, and all that all that mess, and you reached out and you picked me up and you set me upon a solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I got to tell you what, what Pastor Ken said last week was powerful, man. Pastor Ken, thank you for that message last week, man. He said this. He said, Jesus will always meet us where we are, so that he can take us where we need to be. Come on, somebody give it up for the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so let's get back to the story, okay? And so in the following verse, verse 7, this is how it reads. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? 
his disciples had gone to the town, into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Wow. She was aware of all the politics that were taking, on, taking place during that time. And she builds up some more walls. She brings out the wall of race. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Not only that, you're a man. I'm a woman. I mean, come on, Jesus was Jesus, but he knew the difference between a man and a woman. Not only that, but he knew that she was a Samaritan. I love the fact that Jesus ignored that she said that she was a Samaritan and he was a Jew. You know why? Because race doesn't matter to God. I said race doesn't matter to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I know. You know what? God doesn't care if you eat burritos or egg rolls. He doesn't care whether you like spaghetti or chow mein. He doesn't care, okay? If you like pan dulce, leche flan, or baklava, it doesn't matter to God, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. East side, west side, south side, it doesn't matter what side you're from. It doesn't matter to God. After all, he created you. He knows you're Latino or black or white or, or Asian, but it doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is your soul, is your heart, is your life, is his purpose in your life. He didn't even acknowledge the fact, oh, you're right, you're a woman, and I'm a man. Because it didn't matter to him the wall that she was building up. I know I might get some complaints here about women saying, hey, Pastor John, come on. Got to give women their place. Hold on. We'll come back to women in a moment, okay? What I'm saying this is that in Jesus, this does not qualify you or disqualify you. I'll say it again, being of whatever color scheme you have or being of whatever gender you have, this does not qualify you or disqualify you. You're a soul. You're a life. You're, you're someone that God has dreamed of. It's a lot bigger than just simply the fact that you happen to be Latino, Patino, Catino. It doesn't matter, okay? What is important is that Jesus Christ created you, gave you life, put a purpose and a destiny in your life. Hallelujah. And as a matter of fact, the book of Galatians reads like this. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free. There's no male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Come on, praise him. Hallelujah. I gotta get back to my notes because I'm getting too excited here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So then, let's go on back to the story. And Jesus then answered her. Look, again, he, he ignored what she was saying. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Wow. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us 
this well, the well and drank from it himself and did also his sons and livestock. You know, she's kind of getting an idea as to what this man is talking to her about, yet she goes back to the physical, to the human side of it. Because she's still living in ash. And Jesus is trying to draw her out of that. And he goes from give me something to drink to living water. Because simple conversations with God can take you to deeper revelations. Listen to me. Simple things that God talks to you about when you're in prayer will take you to deeper revelations. And those deeper revelations will draw you out of ashes into beauty. Come on, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he's telling her all these things, and, he, and, and, and he's talking to her about it. And look what the following verse says in verse 13. It says, Jesus answered, okay, who drinks from this wa the water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And then the lights go on to this woman. I mean, look what she says. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Okay, she keeps going back to the well. But Jesus is digging into her soul, into her heart. He's introducing things to her that maybe had never been ever spoken to her. Definitely had never been spoken to anyone this is the first time that Jesus talks about these terms, living water, wells, springs of water coming out of that person. We'll never thirst again. This is the longest recorded conversation that Jesus had with anyone. Well, no wonder he was talking to a woman, you know? How to be long. I'm glad some of you women uh, laughed. Some of you other women who frowned, don't worry about it. We're coming back to that in a moment, okay? He had to have this conversation. It's, it's incredible how all the deep truths of the, the principles of the kingdom, Jesus revealed them when he was talking to a woman. Maybe it's because women are more sensitive to the spirit. You were supposed to say amen there, women, okay? <laughs> You're still on the sensitive part. I gave you a compliment. More sensitive to the spirit. They, they, they understand things a little bit better. They're more communicative, you know? When Pastor Mike and I see each other on the campus, we just go like this to each other. That's how guys say hi, you know? I go like this to Mike, he goes like that, and everything's cool. If I go like this to Mike and he doesn't go back like that to me, I say, hey, what's up, what's up with Mike, okay? Because that's how guys talk. Women, they see each other in the mall. <laughs> and they run to each other. And they hug each other. They touch their hair. They talk about the nails. They talk about the mother-in-law, the dog, the neighbor. They talk about all those things in a matter of four and a half minutes. <laughs> and then they say, hey, you got time to talk? Because <laughs> women are more communicative, more expressive. They're better worshipers than we are, guys. Guys come into church and Pastor Vaughn's out here praising God, everything. He tells everybody, come on, people, praise God. And guys go like this. 
Lift your hands. Somebody say glory to God. Yeah, yeah, glory to God. That's how guys are. Women, yeah, they say, come on, praise the Lord. They'll raise their hands. They'll jump up and down. They'll praise the Lord, you know. What I tell you? That's why Jesus had to talk to this woman. That's why he had to go through Samaria. What are, God, what are the things that God is doing to have to come to you? To have to reach you? To have, to have contact with you? And, and, and then things get a little bit even more sticky. Because he tells her, you know, whoever drinks of this. But then he brings that a little closer to her. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband. She replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Wow. The fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I, I, I can see that you're a prophet. He brings out reality. He brings out her sin. And in that conversation, in that, those, those verses, never do you find, as Pastor Ken spoke to us last week, do you find Jesus calling her names, putting her down, judging her, condemning her, re rebuking her? You don't find any of that. As a matter of fact, Jesus celebrates her honesty. I have no husband. I, I, I have a feeling that, that she probably shrugged her shoulders a little and bowed her head and confessed it. And when she did that, Jesus celebrated it. You're right. As a matter of fact, the last five have not been your husband. And, and then she says, I take it you're a prophet. Like our youth would say today, duh. You know, he just revealed all the things about your life and he's telling you this. Because, you know, honesty brings us to repentance. I'll say it again. Honesty brings us to repentance. And repentance brings us to salvation. The lights were going on. Her soul was being touched. She was coming out of the ash to realize that this man was speaking into her, revealing revelations of the kingdom. Jesus did not judge her by her sin. He, Jesus was trying to touch what he had created when he gave her life. He was trying to bring her out of her hurt, out of her ash, and speaking to her. And he celebrated her honesty because she was in a repentive spirit saying, I know that this is what I've done. Wow. Can someone give the Lord a clap offering to that? <laughs> Hallelujah.
he revealed to her her past, all her hurts, betrayals. I think she was like any other young lady, dreaming of, of, a, of a beautiful wedding, of a wonderful marriage, of a beautiful home, you know, dinners at home, romantic nights, walking on the beach with your husband and everything, but this woman had had one failure after another. I'm sure she dreamed about a family, kitchen, kids running around. But again, everything had failed. But this is the beautiful thing about it, of who God is. Because again, God looks at what you have, your potential, what he created in you. I said this several years ago, and I love it. It still stands today, especially today. And it says like this, the devil knows your sin, and he will call you by, I'm sorry, he knows your name, but he will call you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin, but he will call us by our name. Can someone praise him? Hallelujah. Can you leave it up there for a little bit? I want to tell you today, there's someone who needs to hear it today. He does not call you an addict. He does not call you a failure. He does not look at your sin. He calls you by name and he reminds you, I created you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a destiny for you. He is trying to bring us out of that ash to walk in the beauty that he knows we can become. Yeah. This woman had built all these barriers. She had put all these barriers up to defend herself. Because you see, this is what ash is. Ash is something that has been burned beyond recognition. Something that has been annihilated, pulverized. It doesn't exist anymore. It has no form. It has no purpose. It has no usefulness. But Jesus is not limited to that. As a matter of fact, his name, his presence knocks down every barrier that we have built up. He knocks them down. He says, you know what? It doesn't matter what you build up. I'm going to show you who I am. You see, now Jesus, not so much that Jesus can see her, now she can see Jesus. And something drastically happens next because race, gender, nor sin can hinder God's power, God's view of our life. He will look at us just as we are. And the woman responds and, he's, and you see that the lights are going on in her. And she says, our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. And look what it reads. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father. Hallelujah. Neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Listen to me, okay? Where Jesus is taking her, she goes to, re to the religion that she knows. Her identity with God, she is coming out of that ash because of the revelations that Jesus has shared with her. Watch on the next, next verse, what Jesus reveals to her. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship him, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit 
and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Wow. Wow. To a lot of the people that Jesus had made miracles, healed, he would tell them, tell no one. Don't tell them who I am. But to this woman, he tells her, I am the Christ. He reveals all these things because revelation shows us where we, who we are and who we can become. Revelation shows us who we are and who, what God can do, what God can actually do in our lives. There are people today that God is bringing revelation to your life, not only about your life, but about God himself. He's wanting to show you who he is. He's trying to drag you out of that ash and bring you into beauty, just like this woman. But so many of us are stuck in that ash because we like that, that comfort, comfortable feeling of being Neglected, abandoned, hurt, neglected. Hmm. And God today has brought you to this room to reveal to you the same thing that he revealed to this woman of the blessings of living water. True worship is in spirit and in truth. Can someone hear me today? Not only that, the scripture continues to tell us that he told them about the Father seeking those true worshipers. Those are the people, those are the things that God has shared with us today. And because he shared them with her, he brought her out of ash. He shared them with you so that he can bring you out of ash as well. Hmm. Look what the following verse says. Something happened. Well, before that, the scripture said that the, the disciples show up. And when the men show up, they ruin everything, okay? All right, let's, let's get back to the verse, okay? Then the woman left her water pot beside the well. Went back to the village and told everyone, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Wow. Can this be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. This woman, who was a sinful woman, all of a sudden became an evangelist, a preacher. She went and shared about Jesus Christ. But prior to doing that, she released herself from the ash that she had. Because releasing ourselves from ash walks us into a stage of beauty. I'll say it again. Look at it. Releasing ourselves from ash walks us into a stage of beauty. She did not forget it. She left it. She did not forget it. She left it. The scripture says that, that that's what she did. And when you dig deep, deep inside into the scripture, you find that the word left, she left it there. It, it implies something intentional. It's that word in the Greek. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, okay? But it means to abandon, to renounce. To relinquish, to discard, disown, to disclaim, to throw away, to get rid of. She intentionally 
left it. Because that pot, it symbolized everything she was at that moment. Kind of like, you know, guys have that old beat up car that nobody likes, but it identifies with them. It's kind of like that dress you always hold on to because you identify it. It's kind of like that one piece of jewelry. It's kind of like that one thing that you hold on to. But unfortunately, it reminds you of your pain, your scars of your, of what you've gone through. And this woman had had an encounter with a man named Jesus. And from that conversation, she had full confidence in him that she could leave at the feet of Jesus everything that her past symbolized. All her hurts, all her pain, all her failures, she left them with Jesus because she knew he would take care of them. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't know what ash you have walked in with today. Maybe you need to come up and leave it here. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's fears. Maybe it's hurts and pain. Failures you had in life. Maybe it's that situation, that relationship that keeps bringing you hurt time and time again. I don't know why she was in that relationship. Maybe it was just because she needed another relationship. But she fully trusted him to leave it at his feet. What have you walked in with today? Have you still not forgiven? Still walking around with that pain. That name they called you, that thing they did to you. Still walking around with it. T today, God has revealed to you that he can give you living water so that you won't thirst again. He wants you to become that true worshiper in spirit and truth. He wants you to know that he is the true savior. But you got to leave stuff here. Not walk out with it. Will you bow your heads with me for a moment? I'm not going to ask you to come up, but I'm going to challenge you to do something. That if today God has spoken to your heart and is telling you, you know what? You're carrying all that stuff around with you. This is the moment. Just give it up. Just surrender it. Right where you're at. I'm going to encourage you that you take a moment to take a step of faith and just stand right where you're at. And you're telling God, you know what, God? I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be this hurt person. I don't want to be this angry person. I don't want to, I don't want to live in fear. I, I'm tired of living with these things in my life, and I need to turn it over to you. Who will stand right where you're at? Several of you already standing. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're taking a step of faith. And you're talking to God. You're telling the enemy, you know what? You don't define me anymore, devil. Jesus defines me. Hallelujah. 
Will you raise your hand as I pray with you? Hallelujah. Father God, for every person that has stood right now, I pray, Lord, that today we make that decision and just abandon, leave everything here at your feet, dear God. We are no longer a life of ash. We will be a life of beauty. You have taken us today through this revelation of who we can become, and we leave it right here in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Everybody stand with me, please. I'm rising up. Say that with me. I'm rising up. Rising up out of the ashes. We're on our way to beauty. Would you let Pastor John know how much you appreciate that powerful word, man? Oh, buddy. What a wonderful team we have. Just a, a couple quick words before Pastor John speaks the blessing over us. You know, if you need prayer, our team will be out at the amphitheater to pray with you and for you right after service. And then if you're new here at Cathedral of Faith, I'd, I'd love to get a chance to get acquainted with you if you just started coming in the last few months. And I'll be at a tent just on the grass right over here, and I'd love to say hello to you on your way out. I love our Cathedral family. And I can see it. I was watching the sunrise this week. And as it was rising, I said, Cathedral of Faith, we are rising up out of the ashes. We're on our way to beauty. Amen. Hey, John, speak the blessing over us. Lift your hand. I want you to raise your hand. You receive this pastoral blessing. And now I pray that the, the Holy Spirit will show you as he walks you out of ash into beauty. And I pray on your home that there will be peace and joy, laughter and hugs, that God will bless you, would bless your life. I pray that his angels would surround you and protect you from whatever the enemy would come against you. As a matter of fact, I take the authority of the Almighty God and I dismantle whatever strategy, whatever plan the enemy has against you. You will be victorious. You will walk firm. You will walk in triumph. I declare this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, name of the Holy Spirit, and Cathedral of Faith says, Amen. God bless you, Cathedral. God bless you. Amen.